every holiday season, there's one toy everyone has to have. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move, and the Walking Roar jetpack, and the Boomerang shooter. Getting it is every child's dream. Whoever doesn't can be a real loser. Finding it. You got the doll, right? Is this father's nightmare. I'll get that toy. I promise. Whoa! Nothing like waiting until the last minute, Howard, sir. Especially on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Turbo Man, you're mine! They're all gone. These two are looking for a Turbo Man. <laughs> Where's your Christmas spirit? The last one just left. Now, it's two fathers. This is war. One mission. <laughs> and every man for himself. I'm thinking maybe, you know, we could join up as a team. You know, like, like Starskin Hutch. We're late delivery of Turbo Man at Toy Works. Let's go. Is there a problem, officer? <laughs> you can never do too much to make a child's Christmas magical. Hey, buddy. <laughs> From the director of Mrs. Doubtfire. You want a Turbo Man for Christmas? Forget it. I'm not going to sit in your lap. Tony, show him. That was taken this morning. And from the director of the Flintstones. Don't open that up. No, no, no. Of course, there's uh, some assembly required. You know what you guys are? Nothing but a bunch of sleazy con men in red suits. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sinbad. I work for the post office and I'm unstable. Tell him. This man is totally insane. Thank you. Christmas comes, but once a year. No! Jingle all the way. You picked the wrong day. Hey, 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 everybody. We are, this is, uh, I'm very excited to do this again. This is going to be episode one. That's right. This is kicking off 25 days of Uncle Dadmus. Uh, the Halloween thing was such a success, even though I didn't did not get to 31 days. This time, 25 days, I could probably make happen. So, what better way to do it with other with other? We have so many past guests that we have we can reach out to and have them come on. And I couldn't think of a better person to start off. And let's give it up for the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Crafty. What's up, man? Hey, man, how you doing? Um, thank you so much for having me, man. This is really cool. <laughs> Is that that intro always gets everybody or gets you right? Like it's just like, oh man! <laughs> but you are you are a future legend, my friend, one hundred percent. I appreciate that always, man. So we are here to talk about holiday things, and that could be either a holiday movie, holiday Christmas album, or a holiday album, I should say, or a holiday themed video game. Uh, so you you chose a holiday movie, and the movie yes. you chose was the nineteen ninety six classic Jingle All the Way. Yes. So I'm just going to ask you right away. How old when you first watched it, and what was that experience like when you first watched it? So this is actually kind of funny. I watched it way after it had come out. I think I, I saw it randomly at Costco, and something about the cover of this man f just like struggling to hold on to this stupid doll for his kid. I like, and I didn't even have context. It was just like, okay, he's holding this doll. Either he stole it from the kid because the kid's on the cover, or he's bringing it to the kid. I, that's all I could discern. And I was like, Grandma, I want this. And we were in Costco. And she's like, okay, whatever, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so we get home. And I'm super eager because I love Arnold. I'm a big Arnold fan. And I had no clue this movie existed. I'm also a huge Christmas fan. 
Um, so for me, it was like, dude, Christmas and Arnold, let's go. So that that kind of happened. I think I was like 12. We went to Costco and I was like, dude, what is all this? They had video game options. You know, they had like this really, really like thrilling video game section back in the day where they had like all the Final Fantasy games. And so like I got literally I walked out with Jingle All the Way and Final Fantasy 7, I think. It was awesome. So Jingle, <laughs> Jingle All the Way, first off, for those who don't know. It's a 1996 movie that came out uh, uh, about Christmas, and it starred the legendary Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, along with Sinbad. Uh, for those who don't know that name, Google it. Uh, he was a he was a big deal in the 90s, kids. He was a big deal awesome. in the 90s. Yeah. Awesome dude. Uh, do you know that he's actually going through some health issues right now? I I don't know, man. I, I've seen videos of him the last couple of years, and he just looks terrible. And I say this yeah. with like a slight like look in my face and I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm smiling out of anxiety. Cause it's just like, for me, he was just such a prolific figure and like, for sure. I don't know. He was like, for me, there are a couple of those as a, as a mixed person, man, there are a couple of those icons that I just look at and I can't shake them. Shaq's one of them, but Sinbad was like one of the top man. For me, I was like, this guy is funny. He just, he understood physical comedy mixed with just the shit that came out of his mouth. I was like, Oh my God, I love this man. I love that you say that about the physical comedy because, in my opinion, next to Sinbad, the only other person that could do as good as him, or in some respects maybe better, is Chris Farley. Yeah, yeah, no, Chris. I mean, dude, physical comedy is such a huge. It's it's underrated, I think, in modern right. society. Everything is like, let me say something funny. It has to be what comes out of my mouth. But if you can combine and finesse what comes out of your mouth, what you're actually doing physically. It get, that's why I'd say actually I would put this guy on your list if you haven't already. Cat Williams, watch the way yeah, he uses yeah. the same stupid bar stool for every. I don't even think it's the same one, but ever watch his specials. Almost every special he's using it as a prop, and he finds new and innovative ways to keep it in rotation. But yeah, no, dude, I um, I guess tailing off that with the with the Sinbad comment. It's it's disheartening, man. I mean, he's great. And, you know, it sucks growing up and watching the people that you look up to mm-hmm. and respect mm-hmm. greatly get up there in age because it'll take you at any point in time. You don't really have a say in that. You know, you just coast along for the ride and take care of yourself as best as you can. So I really do hope for Sinbad and his family that he gets to a good place where he can be healthy and live out whatever the remaining days are in a yeah, good absolutely. way. You said that so well, man, really. So this is this episode in many ways is like a celebration of his his career and also Arnold's career. We can't deny that. Right? Oh, Arnold's the oh, I love it. He's the man, dude. Arnold is the man, for sure. And speaking of physical comedy, Arnold kind of really did a lot of physical comedy in this movie. I mean, do you remember yes. like he was busting through <laughs> boxes, he was falling over things. And granted, I don't know if he actually did it. Like, I don't know if he did his own stunts. Yeah. But oh, was, dude, I mean, like, it'd be weird seeing somebody replace him. Like, how would you find a stunt double that looks like him even remotely? Dude, I know, I know. And it's, it's crazy, right? So when we talk about um, Jingle All The Way, uh, you know, I usually, so in our Halloween series, I had the guest kind of give them, the, give the audience their summary. So can you do the best summary you can about what oh. this movie is about? Oh my gosh. Okay. So basically this, I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, of, of something just to kind of break the ice as to why I hold on to this movie so much. So okay. my dad was totally a deadbeat and every Christmas, but one, he just failed me miserably. But one Christmas, he really came through. Like all the Batman, the animated series toys, the full collection, complete wow. set, the cars, the 
building like you know like little little areas for the characters like he got everything that was on the market that year i think i was like gosh if i was born in 91 i had to have been like seven or eight he got everything on the market for that show that was past and current for that christmas so for me watching this movie at 12 you know a couple years after that experience i was just like you know what my dad's whatever but that year like he really rocked it and i had to give it to him and so it made me appreciate that one time but breaking this down in a nut, Arnold Schwarzenegger is like kind of like a, a workaholic father. He works at I forget I, I forget what kind of agency he works at, but he's like just following papers and just doing busy work, and that's all he's doing. And his wife keeps reminding me like, "Hey, dude, this is your kid's recital or their sports game or whatever," and he keeps missing it. Like he's just not there. And then she reminds him, "Hey, you got that toy right? It's a super popular item." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it." Well, the day comes closer, and he's like, "Shit." <laughs> he calls like he calls his um his assistant, his secretary at work, and she's like, No, dude, she told you about that weeks ago. Dude, it's gonna be impossible to find. He's freaking out. He goes to every, every, I mean like each and every possible outlet mall, each mall he could go to to try to find this toy. He even tries to find like some back alley version of like a distributor and he finds like the Spanish right it had to have been where Toy Story got Spanish buzz from. It, he found the Spanish version of Turbo Man. So this doll is called Turbo Man. I have to say, that's a great pull right there. That's a great pull. The Spanish buzz, that's a good one. Sorry. That was great. No, you're good. It was like, in my mind, I'm like, dude, how else? Like, when did Toy Story, who came up and was like, dude, Spanish buzz, that has to be in the sequel. Or the, the, not the sequel. It was the third movie, I think. Spanish buzz yeah. came out in. And it was such a great like revelation for the character because it gave him flavor and it was so different and it was just it was awesome honestly it was awesome i didn't mean to take you off track but go ahead <laughs> no you're good but basically while trying to find this toy this turbo man doll which is like this posable gi joe looking action figure that's way shinier he's looking for this stupid toy for his kid he runs into sinbad who's also looking for this toy for his kid and Sinbad recollects, like, when I was a kid, my dad was a Debbie. All I wanted was this Johnny something 9000 And I never got it. And then you see him at this bar, and he's drinking with Arnold. And Arnold envisions his son. And he's like, shit, I got to get him this fucking doll. I got to get him this doll. Because if I don't get him this doll, my son is going to become this man. And I don't want my son to be drinking on Christmas as a deadbeat and become this man. So he, he and Sinbad become kind of like friends but also there's a rivalry because they're both trying to get this doll in all of the mix while he's trying to get this doll hijink after hijink he accidentally like he grabs his kid to try to get this kid to spit this ball out of its mouth because this ball means that if he can turn this ball in he gets the turbo man doll some kid that, or some like the kid's mom walks up you're a pervert you're touching my daughter whole bunch of people are beating him he's like i'm not a pervert i'm not a pervert i want the doll for my son they don't understand because they're not a part of the contest so the whole time everything is going on it gets to a boiling point where sinbad now is actively trying to just negate his attempts so he can be the person because he realizes this man's determined and he's probably going to get so basically, Sinbad starts to like see and notice that Arnold's character is really determined. And he's like, dude, this guy's going to get this doll. I, I think inside he's just like, I know this guy's going to get the doll. So I need to go and get this. I just need to, I need to sabotage him any way that I possibly can. So we keep sabotaging, keep sabotaging, keep sabotaging. And it becomes this back and forth thing. 
in the background while Sinbad and Arnold are having their big, like, just kind of, I don't know, machismo, like, showdown. Philip Hartman, I don't know if you're familiar with Philip Hartman, but he, Phil oh, Hartman, yeah. was, he's OG. He's one of my all-time favorite comedians. He's right he's, up there, um, 100%, honestly. Just rest in peace, man. Him and his- He died in a horrible way. Oh my gosh, dude. It was brutal. He's actually like, at, to to avoid that that conversation, because it's dark. Yeah, um, just that. <laughs> I, um, dude, I fell in love with this movie even more because of him. His added element to the film really added a lot, man. He is the comic side of like dark humor. He basically has a thing for, I think Arnold's character's name is Howard. He has a thing for Howard's wife. And so he goes out after her while Arnold is trying to find this stupid toy. And he's already bragged, oh yeah, I got my son one year, like, you know, months ago. I was really ahead of the curb, Howard. You really got to think about these things. You know, he's just shoving it in his face. Meanwhile, I think, I think his wife's name's Lisa or something. Howard tells Lisa, like, I'm going to get this doll. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. He's just kind of brushing her along because he's like, dude, she's already pissed. And I'm about to be dead beat dad of the year again after missing my kids, like, big show or game or whatever it was. So that's going on on the side. And it's getting really weird and kind of creepy and just super cringy. And it all culminates to them all foreheading at this big parade. So Sinbad winds up following Arnold, who winds up, you know, going to this parade and getting cast on accident as the role of the live parade Turbo Man. And, like, he gets put in the costume and everything and does the whole parade thing. Well, Sinbad beats up the villain and winds up dressing as the villain. And they have this air battle and all these things happen. And he's like, kidnaps Arnold's son. And Arnold's like, no, let go of my son, Jamie. Flies in a rocket pack all the way up to the sky. Beats up Sinbad, grabs the son, saves the son. And then his son's like, dude, I don't need Turbo Man, dude. Dad, you are Turbo Man, dude. And like, Arnold's like, just like, you could see that he as a man feels needed and validated and in his heart just so content so the son gives the turbo man doll to sinbad so sinbad could give it to his kid so in a way that like and sinbad so he's like oh for, are you serious thanks man oh my son he loves turbo man and they have this weird awkward a couple of moment and then sinbad <laughs> just walks off after all this hollywood like there's no changing of phone numbers right i loved how old movies ended like that was just it that was the climax it happened, he leaves. And you're just watching this like, what just happened? All the while, you know, Philip Hartman tried to pass at Lisa and she turned him down. She's like, dude, I'm married and my husband's an asshole, but I love him, you creep. And so all of this hijinks happen. And at the end of it, Arnold is the best dad ever and becomes the Turbo Man doll for his son. So his son no longer wants a Turbo Man. He's like, I got Turbo Dad and that's it, period. So that's basically the movie. Like the movie is ridiculous and I love it. I just, I love it. There is uh you pretty much nailed it for sure. I do want to say that there is uh <laughs> you're talking about all that stuff that happened and you brought up a good point about uh, Sinbad, how he's like, Oh, thanks. And he leaves. Mind you. And you, you know, and, and spoiler, there's a whole scene where Sinbad fakes a bomb. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude, that's the best one. Where he's like, you don't know what it's like. I got a bomb. Okay. And if this doesn't go, I'm going to blow all this shit. And like, everybody's like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The cops are stumped. He's like, 
taken a whole like level of like this manufacturing company, like it's the executive level of them. He's taking them hostage. He's like, if you don't give me the damn doll, I'm going to blow it up. And everybody's freaking out. And Arnold puts two and two together. And he's like, dude, that's not a fucking bomb your delivery guy. <laughs> that, the, the, no, you're, you're, this is a clock. And you knew it was a clock. <laughs> and then they're like, they get out of the thing. And it actually is a damn bomb. And oh, that's bomb right. The whole time. And it's like, you're like, so you got like three layers of, nope, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it is. Oh, shit, it was. And then it's like, damn, okay. Because the guy's like, dude, you know how many bombs get sent through the mail? This shit happens all the time. Like, I work for this. I work for these. And a lot of these wind up actually being like something hazardous. And that's why, like, you know. But it, it's just, dude, the whole movie, like, in its entirety is just phenomenal. I absolutely love that movie. It has become a classic. I watch it every year. It's right awesome. up there for me on Christmas with, like, you know, The Great Christmas Tree, Charlie Brown, with um, A Christmas Story, you know, with – I mean, even Dennis the Menace, in a way, is like a Christmas film. Like, it, it's up there with some of those classics that I have to watch every year with Nightmare Before Christmas. And when I'm in that mood and I know I need it, I'm going to watch Die Hard. I'm going to watch Jingle All the Way. I'm going to watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Dennis the Menace, you name them, I'm watching them. And Jingle All the Way is always like the the great final hurrah because it's just such a good film in comedy. It's a good, wholesome Christmas movie. And I think that ultimately the story is really important for people. And I think it's what I resonated with the most. It's like, if people in your life are really there for you and they show up for you, they're better than any gift you could be given. And like, that's why Arnold at the end became the dad, because if he had showed up to all the other things, the damn doll wouldn't have been important. Yeah. Right. But because he couldn't show up and he chose not to, because other things were a priority for him. He wasn't the superhero. He wasn't the doll. He wasn't as important. So for me, it's like he became the most important for his kid because he showed up. And his wife it revalidated her love for him because she's like, this is the man I married. Not the dude who stays at work to get a raise or whatever. The guy who genuinely shows up for his family or the people that he loves, bam, totally wholesome, beautiful ending. And then you have Sinbad, who's just like no redeemability, but somehow because of that moment that he had with the son in the last five seconds of the film, everything is redeemed. Sure. And like, I don't know, good movie, great movie. Uh, well, first off, that has been, at all the, the movie things I've done, probably the best summary I've gotten from a guest. So great job. Um, yeah, it's, it's, Jingle All the Way nails not only all of that, but it does nail something that I think we kind of don't think about anymore, and that is the rush of buying a toy or buying a action figure. So when I was growing up, I'm a little bit older than you, um, and when I was growing up, and you might remember this, Tickle Me Elmo was like the one. You <laughs> yep. know what I mean? Yep. I remember hearing stories like, you know, I was young too, but I remember hearing stories of people being stabbed. Like, yes. Because they they wanted this toy so badly for their kid. Yep. And I don't know if we really see that anymore. Because, I mean, now we live in a world where you can usually get things digitally or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. What, what do you think is the last time we experienced that kind of toy? Not toy, but that, that kind of craze where we had to have it. I don't know, man. Like, I remember it in waves, right? Like, there was those toy rushes of, like, the holidays, right? There was this big Christmas rush. And then, you know, in mid-90s to early 2000s, it was like Black Friday is the biggest thing ever. And for some reason, all these video game companies are like, let's release our consoles around Black Friday or make them almost un like nabbable 
until Black Friday. And then everybody's going to nab it for like a nice discount or not a discount, but a bundle where one of the games is free and your parents are going to do it because they love you and they feel guilty. And they're also, they've got like a round the clock, 24 hour babysitter that is watching you literally your video game console. So like, I don't know, man, like I think it kind of died when that, that, that South Park episode came out about, um, black friday and it was the black it was the episode gosh what was it called it was the episode where they're all playing like not dungeons and dragons but they're all pretending and cosplaying as like lord of the rings or game of thrones characters oh yeah that's right and it all culminated in the black friday war of the consoles and like you see people dying in the crowd and stuff like that and it's funny too because i watched um recently a movie called thanksgiving i did too (laughs) <laughs> it's so good. Honestly, it, it's so reminiscent can, of like, I know what you did last summer and Scream and just that era of the 90s, oh, like shock value yeah. horror with good cheesy comedy, but also it yeah. feels believable. Like it was just such a good, refreshing film to watch that really played on my heartstrings of what I loved about films yeah. growing up. But I think that that like I thought about it with with Carla. We were sitting there, and she was like, "What? When do you think the last time like that really was?" And I'm like, "Well, I think that it really is like a regional thing. Like if you live in a place that has a very very little, like I guess like just limited I guess delivery options, you will have to go into a store. And if you can get the sales, but everybody's poaching the sales, and people got bots now where they can get their their product and not have to worry about it. Maybe they get a couple on sale, so you don't get the chance to. You're going to go to a small town, and their superstores are going to be like that, in my opinion, because they don't have the infrastructure we have, and they have to go into the store to get the item. So you might find some crazy, you know, some crazy BS like that where you're like. Dude, I'm waiting in this long ass line. All these people are angry for no reason because they chose to stand in this long ass line because they want to get the thing and their anxiety is triggering them. So now everybody's angry and pissed off or grumpy or cold or whatever. And then they charge into the store to get that one or two or three or however many items they came there for for the sale. Um, but in places like, you know, where we live, where we live in like Silicon Valley and not in the boondocks of Silicon Valley, we live in relatively city suburban or just nicer areas man like to me it's like we're here i got i got cyber mondays i got my black fridays and everything's online and amazon delivers to me and it's not a problem right there is no problem with my deliveries so i think here we're not going to see that like that you know maybe if like some new game console like the ps5 comes out in the future but ultimately like we don't have to deal with that anymore, which is great because the last time in my mind I can think somebody got stabbed over a release of anything was that stupid Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. McDonald's. Yeah. That was the last time I've heard actively about it. Mind you, I know people are crazy, so it's happened between <laughs> then. Now and then, yeah, probably a dozen stab one that I can recall because right. it was like, dude literally got stabbed. And a couple of people got shot over a cup of sauce. A sauce. You know, <laughs> like a sauce. And I, I laugh, but it's horrible. Like, bro, yeah. somebody's life got ended because of a fucking sauce. Yeah, a sauce. It's a, it's a cup of sauce. Like, it a doesn't make sense. It wasn't good. And then, like, people tried and they were like, oh, yeah, it's mid-tier. And then, like, I, I think the person that shot the person, if he got the cup or she got the cup, was it even close to worth what you thought it was because of a freaking show? Right. Like, it was a show, but like, I don't know, I man. That, 
That's a, <laughs> that's, that, a, that's a good point, though. That's a good point. Uh, so before we uh, wrap up, uh, there's two things I want to do. The first thing is, is go over some facts with you about the movie. Yes. yes. Uh, so uh, I'm just going to pick up some random facts I have here. And the one that kind of surprised me was Arnold Schwarzenegger was a- only able to play the lead of this movie because at the time, he was actually going to be in the remake of Planet of the Apes at the time. But because it got delayed, they ended up, he was ended up signing on to this movie. And that's why he ended up making that movie. So if he didn't, so if he didn't get delayed, instead of Mark Wahlberg in the Tim Burton remake, it would have been Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my God, I'm so happy it wasn't. For so many <laughs> reasons. One, that movie is a disaster. Yeah, it's horrible. It's so bad. <laughs> and two, this movie is so good. Like, yeah. I could not imagine anybody other than Arnold playing this character. In my mind, in my heart, no other, like maybe Dolph Lundgren, but that's like a real sure shot in hell. But <laughs> like, apart from Dolph Lundgren, because he's also undiscernible. Like, he speaks English, but it sounds like gibberish. And that's mean because, like, you know, he learned a foreign language just to be a star, right? Oh, but yeah. at the same time, like, he's the only other guy with that thick accent that also has just a goofy look to him. But he's not good at comedy. Like, Arnold proved himself in physical comedy. Like, twins. That was a thing. But, like... Yep. I I just... Ah, that's so funny. That's a weird fact. That blows my mind. I'm so happy it worked out. (laughs) Another interesting fact is, I don't know if you know this or not, but James Belushi is actually in this movie as well. He plays the Santa Claus. Yes! Yes, he's a Santa Claus. He's one of the Santa Clauses. He's like... He gets like... He's the one who tricks him into going into the thing, Right. Is he the Santa yes, Claus yep, that tricks yep. him to get the toy from like the shady underground toy operation? Yes. Yeah, yep, and yep. then he winds up fighting all of the different Santa Clauses of different flavors, yes. sizes, shapes, and varieties. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing is that James Belushi actually was a real life Christmas Santa for oh, uh, for four what? years. <laughs> Could you imagine he that? Back. He went back. Can you imagine the disrespect that he must have felt when they handed him this role? Yeah. It's like, oh man, I'm back to this. He's huh? <laughs> like, I hate you. I j- I'll do it, but I hate you. <laughs> like, uh, another fact, and this is pretty common knowledge if you didn't know this, but uh, did you know that 200,000 were made of the original Turbo Man figures? And they were only sold at Walmart and they were only sold for 25 bucks. I so I did know this, and oh, dude, I I pinch myself every day. I wanted the full set of Turbo Man characters. I wanted them so damn bad. Booster, the bad guy, the the like the evil little characters, and Turbo Man. And they had a Turbo Man doll a couple years ago that was made, and I wanted to buy it, but I could not justify the purchase. I couldn't justify it. And like, mind you, this is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. This is my top one out of five. This is one. And I didn't buy the doll, and I kick myself for that every day. Dude, I straight up do. I see that doll at Comic-Cons all the time. If I see it for a good price, I got you. Oh, my God, dude. You know how I feel. I, like, I, I, I love that. Dude, this stupid <laughs> this stupid movie has, like, impacted my whole life. <laughs> I love how much you love it. I dude, love how much you I, love I, it. It's great. Up too. I Carla hates it now because we've watched it, like, ten times since I met her. And I met her, like, <laughs> almost eight years ago. And so for eight years, she's watched it 10 times. So there was one or two Christmases where I slipped in an extra time or two. And she's just <laughs> like, stop. And I'm like, no, dude, I can't. I love it. I love it. Uh, another interesting fact is when they test screened this movie, uh, they actually, parents were actually upset 
about the uh, the bar scene. Do you know the scene where you're talking about Schwarzenegger and Sinbad talking about bar? <laughs> and so they actually were going to take that scene out originally. But thank oh, God no. they did it, right? Because that's such a pivotal – because like you said, without that scene, in some – I mean, I guess they could have found another way to do it. But it was I, all I, his – yeah. Yeah, you know, but it was a great way to be like, you know – you're, you're you had a crazy day you're drinking your you're drinking your beer because you're an adult you know what i mean yeah. like why would you not you know uh but yeah the parents had an issue with that <laughs> i mean you know what i feel like it, it's so weird that the things that parents are sensitive about like it's morphed now it's like there's way more to actually really think about when you're a parent but i think then it's like you're pissed off about a bar scene because a kid looks at you as a deadbeat now yeah. Because you're at a bar instead of like maybe achieving the thing that you kind of promised them, you'd achieve for them. So for me, it's like, I get you're upset, but dude, this kid deserves the damn toy. Of course. And you should have. So no, that's funny. I'm glad I'm glad it made it in the film. I'm glad, like, it's the crux of the film. If Without that scene, it doesn't make sense why he becomes so much of an overachiever for this damn toy and why right. it matters to him now. Because it mattered to his son, but at that point, it mattered to him. Absolutely, yeah. Um, what's interesting too, and this this fact I know is very well, well, should be well known. Uh, you should know this, I'm sure, is that there's a sequel to the movie. Did you know that? So I do. I've never watched it. I've, I, I if it's not I him, I, what? <laughs> I don't think you should. That's for sure. Is, is it bad? Is it that bad? Is it horrible? It's horrible. The star is oh. Larry the Cable Guy. Okay, yeah, no. Star is a wrestler, uh, Santino Marella, and. Uh, Sinbad wasn't asked to be in it, and then uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was not asked to be in it, and it was also straight to DVD. So, yeah, yeah. I can tell you. Uh, you know yeah, what? So- I'm going to watch it as a thing to torch myself with, and then wash it down with two playthroughs. Oh, jingle all the way. Oh man, two playthroughs, huh? <laughs> yeah, got to, got to, just to make sure that taste is out of my mouth if I'm going to do a bad movie. Uh, all right. So the last thing I want to talk about about this movie is talk about the director. It's always interesting to learn about what the director did. Uh, after uh, he made this movie. So he made, obviously, his name is, his name is Brian Levant, Levant, Brian Levant. And so check it out. His biggest uh, movies were Jingle All the Way, The Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. Oh, that's, that makes so much sense. Uh, Snow Dogs. Yep. Okay. Are We There Yet? What? Uh, no, you're telling me he legitimately was the guy who did the Are We There Yet with Ice Cube? Yep. No. <laughs> uh, he did Are We There Yet? He did a he did, Now, I didn't even know this. Did you know there's a sequel to A Christmas Story? I did not know that. So he made yeah. number two. Yeah, he made the sequel to A Christmas Story, which, by the way, is a movie that I don't think ever needed a sequel, but whatever. <laughs> no, it, it really didn't. It never should have had one. Like, that's, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and currently, and currently, this motherfucker is creating the eighth installment of a legendary comedy series, Police Academy. No. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's weird. That's yeah. You know what? Though, like a couple of those ring, like they just make sense. Like Viva Rock Vegas is so campy and so yeah. weird, and like it, like. Fred Flintstone's whole like little journey through that movie is so off-putting for me because like isn't Wilma like curious about like some other dude because Fred's just like a total deadbeat in that movie or something? Oh, that, that one I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't remember so. Fred Vegas that well. So funny enough, he also directed the original Flintstones as well. Okay, well the original <laughs> was solid. I, I really liked it. That's so true. Yeah. Um, 
but no, that makes sense because I think he just he's really good at I guess then what I'm what I'm gathering when I'm through what you've told me is just I guess overall directorial like big breaks have been he just really knows how to do multi character comedy like dramas. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, dude, okay, so Viva Rock Vegas was one that stood out to me. You said he did, um, what was the one you said after Viva Rock Vegas? It was another big one. Um, uh, a second here, I pulled back I up. I know you said Snow Dogs. Was that the Snow one with Cuba oh, Gooden? Are we there yet? Are we there? Yeah, so now that also tells me that this man knows how to direct black people. <laughs> like, and that, that's an interesting thing because, like, no, like, think about it. Like, in, in all, in all, in all, um, you know, just seriousness. Dude, he directed Sinbad, and that movie was gold, honestly. And are we yeah. there yet, whether I like it or not? Because I liked it when I first saw it, but I think it's it, – to me, it's just not that good. It doesn't it hold up. It is a bad yet. movie. It doesn't hold up well. But when it came out, a lot of people really liked it. Like, it was well-received for the most part. Like, it probably didn't do as, as well as it could have. But, I mean, for being a film that was trying to cater to black audiences, I think yeah. it did a pretty cool job. And it also had a good message. Like, so he, at least, I don't know if he's the writer for any of these scripts, but he picks scripts that have good overall hearty messages where that message was like, you know, even if you're not somebody's real father, because you weren't the person who like, you know, wow. who, who had them with their mother or, you know, vice versa, depending on what, what angle you're looking at in your life, you still have an obligation if you're going to pursue that person to being a good father now to those children. And so like, that was a pretty cool message because he didn't really have that in him at the start of the film. And then by the end of the film, he was, he loved those kids. Like they were his kids. If, if I'm remembering correctly, I think that's the plot. I like, yeah. I might be butchering it and mixing it up with baby's kids or some other movie or something. <laughs> but <laughs> like, oh, I, good. Wow. <laughs> Uh, what's interesting too about what you're talking about is, and I think you'll find this fascinating. He also wrote Brian Levant also wrote for the Jeffersons. That's cool. No, that's pretty cool. So like, I mean, I guess I've, I've hit the nail on the head. Like he just does have a sense of like how he, I mean, I don't know what ethnicity this man is, but He's he white. understands that culture well enough to make good dialogue for those characters. Yeah, which is that's cool. amazing. You know, yeah, that, because person, a lot of people sure. like I dude, I have so many friends who are like, oh, I write I write for people like me. And it's like, so you write and don't think, oh, this could be ethnically ambiguous. Like if that was the way I wrote yeah. and if that was the way I admired writers, like Alien would never have existed because it was written for a man. Oh. And it's the best sci-fi horror film of all time, in my opinion. So that it's like, so dude. That was a good movie. Like I watched the second one, doesn't hold a candle to it. A lot of people like the second one because it's action. I don't think it holds a candle to the original because the They're original, movies, right? One hundred percent. And the directors a, were different. And one's yes. an action movie. You know what I mean? But I think science fiction was way more prevalent in the first movie. Like the wonder that you have, <laughs> and the mystery, and like the overall like wanting to explore something so foreign was in the original. In the second one, I was like, I don't know what this shit is. I just wanted to die. Like, that's yeah. all I can think, you know? Absolutely. But uh, that's crazy. Oh, oh, uh, no, no, like, before we wrap up here, because um, we do got to wrap up. <laughs> yeah. Because you and I could spend all day talking about movies. I know we can. Oh, we could. I love it. We could. I love it. I love it. Uh, but before we wrap up, can you tell our audience where they can connect with you? You, you Also, I, I forgot to mention this. If you haven't heard, Crafty has been on the show before, as everybody is who's participating in this. And Crafty has is a rapper, uh, and you've done some great music. So if you want to tell them where they can find your music, where they connect with you, all that good stuff. 
Yeah. So if you go on Spotify or Apple Music or pretty much any streaming platform, you type up Crafty, um, and I think you're going to get a list of songs. You'll get a couple versions of Crafty, right? And it's not all of them are me. But the one with me on it, I have a couple songs that I think I would note. One called Hexes for Sexes, which is a solid song. Another one called... um, Oh my gosh, what's the one that just came out? Parachutes, that's really, I like it a lot. Another song called Touch Me, which got released recently. And a couple other gems in there, um, one being a song called Fun Fact, which I've actually grown a newfound love for. I hated it when we released it, and I love it again, right? That's how making things works. But that's a good place to find me for listening to my music. And if you want to connect with me just as a person, go to Crafty Raps, and I'm pretty good at responding to people. Um, if you go to Crafty Raps on Instagram, I will respond to you. I'll read your messages. I will communicate with you and share all the things I do outside of my music stuff, maybe some of my film stuff, my acting stuff, whatever, you know, like I, I like creating. So you can definitely tap in with me there or on YouTube at Crafty as well. So. And can you uh, spell Crafty for them? Yes. K-R-A-F-T-Y. Yes. We don't spell with a C. We spell with K. Absolutely. And if you haven't heard his episode, uh, go, th- you know, if you're listening to this, obviously, you know, I, everybody's episode, I, every, every episode I make, I always have to assume is new listeners, right? So uh, those new listeners, if you did Crafty, go, uh, I think about a few episodes back, you can find Crafty's episode, give it a listen. We have some great conversation. And, and this, he really is a stand-up gentleman and truly a one-of-a-kind artist in general, and I'm very thankful to call him a friend and very thankful to have him on the show. So thank you for all your time, bud. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me, Uncle Dad. I always enjoy these these just episodes and being a part of them with you, and I, I love talking with you and just picking your brain on where we connect and the things we share in common, man. It's It's always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. It really is. And remember, you can go and watch Jingle All the Way yourself. If you love it, if you haven't seen it, Go watch it because it's a fun movie to watch. Please so, watch it. Please. Yeah, it's a fun movie. And then reach out to me and let's talk about it. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're going to meet a bigger fan of Jingle All the Way than this guy. <laughs> I don't know because all my friends hate this movie because of it. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, buddy. Uh, take care, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow with another uh, 25 Days of Uncle Dadmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays.